Hello everyone and welcome back to the What's Going Up podcast. This is the fourth full episode and today we're going to be talking about my kind of general career path that I've been wanting to take since oh probably sixth grade or earlier. You know whenever you're a kid you always want to be something else and whenever you get older you start realizing most of the things that you do aren't very realistic so I just wanted to talk about that this week and hopefully you you guys will kind of agree with some of the things I'm talking about or at least you know understand what I'm coming from so what I first wanted to say before all that was thank you guys for listening and I've seen that a couple of you were sharing on SoundCloud so thank you very much and thank you guys for listening and if you guys like it keep on sharing and keep on liking and um, if you guys want to tweet at the podcast it's at what's going up pod on Twitter and there's a Facebook page if you type in what's going up podcast on there it should pop up if not um, I'll try and figure out how to get that up and running so today I kind of want to talk about just how whenever I was a kid till now, how my career interests have kind of changed basically very drastically from whenever I was, uh, the earliest I can remember is probably around 10 to now at 22. So I would say the difference between back then and now is completely different. So one of the first things that I wanted to be whenever I was a kid was an archaeologist which is not usually very typical I think I know I had one teacher who wanted to be a paleontologist whenever she was a little girl and she became a geology teacher so it was kind of well she's mostly an English teacher but she kind of taught geology so she kind of followed her path a little bit but for me all the things I want to do are basically one end of the spectrum to the other so the first thing like I said I want to be an archaeologist and I think the main reason why I wanted to be was because of Indiana Jones. You know, you always find these one... Well, nowadays, there's usually like a book or a movie or TV show or something that makes a job like an archaeologist seem so much more dramatic, so much more exciting than it typically is. So I think because of Indiana Jones, I really wanted to kind of have an adventure I guess but obviously looking into it more now it's more going to a very desolate kind of country or I mean that's basically the desert but then there's like ruins and whatnot dangerous countries too and you go and you kind of dig up old things that you may know the use of may not know the use of it's kind of a wish-washy career so yeah I would kind of say that one was whenever a little kid wants to be a doctor or a little kid wants to be an astronaut you know they're thinking big they want to save lives they want to do something great and then down the line they realize oh well that's kind of not possible at the moment or i don't want to put as much what what's the word i don't want to put as much effort into getting to where i want to go so after archaeologists i then i don't even remember between then and probably middle school, I don't remember if I wanted to be anything different. Not necessarily an archaeologist, but also just not really any kind of career path. I was just trying to get through school. I guess I wanted to be a student. That's basically the only thing I can think of that I would want to be, like stay in school, which I was one of those weird kids that liked going to class, kind of liked doing a little bit of homework just because it was busy work and I didn't want to be bored. Other times, you know, you play, you rest, you 
get snacks and whatnot. So that's kind of, I guess, what I wanted to be elementary to early middle school. But once I hit middle school was the area where I thought I really wanted to stick with one thing and go on for the rest of my life, which I, I wanted to be a doctor, which is another thing that a lot of kids want to do, but they don't understand the effort and the work put into it. But I was probably, oh, I was probably 13 or 14 and my family and I, we used to watch the TV show House MD all the time. So I would say that that, like I said before, books, movies, and TV shows, you know, making things seem more exciting than they typically are. Even though medicine is, it can vary from day to day. So it could be very active and dramatic one day, but then the next day it's paperwork and boring routine things. So I didn't really think about it that way. For most of my middle school to high school career, I wanted to be a doctor. And if you know anything about medicine and on the specifications of the work that they do, I wanted to be an oncologist, which was a cancer doctor. Not only did I want to be working with people who are hurt and pot, you know dying, but I also wanted to be with the people who are terminally dying and terminally ill. And I wanted to, I guess, be there for them during those final moments or at least help them overcome one of the most awful things that we know today in modern medicine. I would like to be able to save someone in that kind of way. So whenever I was in middle school, this was about, or no, high school, since this was about 10th grade, I convinced my parents to let me go to this student medical conference arrangement thing in DC. I went by myself in 10th grade. I got on a plane and I went to DC for a week in the summer. And what we did there was we had, we, there was probably close to, I don't know, a couple hundred teenagers were staying in this hotel. This, this kind of program was all across the country. And one of my friends in high school was interested in doing the particular program alongside me but her parents were only willing to let her go to Texas or Austin which was one of the places but I really wanted to go to DC because that is where John Hopkins is and where all the big medical university or one of the biggest medical universities in the country is but it's more of research testing than medical school so it's kind of not what I was looking forward to in the end but it was still a very worthwhile experience anyways. So I got there in DC and we broke off into groups of I think about 15 to 20 and these these guys I still talk to these people. I don't talk to them really anymore. You know a couple years afterwards I used to talk to most of them but now I don't. I you know friends on Facebook which isn't really that close but we still have a way to keep in contact with our medical group that we have had in DC and this was the this kind of program it kind of helped you if you were interested in medicine kind of narrow down what kind of fields you wanted to go to so there was like a radiology place there was one with gynecology and there was surgery and all these just different oncology is one and there's just all these it was kind of like a seminar where you didn't really choose which event you were going to because it was kind of a rotation thing. But there was, you know, groups that were split off that 
I went to John Hopkins and we walked through there and it was pretty interesting to see what kind of things they did there for like experimentation on animals for testing it was one thing that they did and then we also kind of toured around also because it's you know teenagers they don't want to be stuck in a hotel or in schools all day just learning and not having any fun so we kind of saw the sites we spent probably a day doing the quote touristy stuff around dc visiting the the smithsonian's where i went with one friend and we walked quickly walked through all of the like the west museum of art and the east museum of art if you know anything about the smithsonian we had like probably a couple hours really to explore the national mall so that was one of the fun things about that day and i'll never forget on the way back to home in oklahoma i was on the plane and there was a woman who i sat right next to her name was chanda and i'll never forget that she said she helps people remember her name by saying chanda the panda i'll never forget her she was a lovely lady you know sometimes whenever you get people who talk to you on planes you're just kind of you want to get away you want to kind of reorient yourself to flying if you're you know nervous about flying you just don't want people to bother you, you kind of will get in your own space but this woman she was very sweet and i talked to her about a lot of things she was actually an oncologist nurse so i talked to her probably for hour hour and a half just about i wanted to be an oncologist and she was an oncology nurse and she talked about all her stories there it was like a divine thing sent so it was very kind of inspiring for me to hear the stories from her and what she did as a nurse in the oncology ward and the kind of sad things that she dealt with but also how she's overcome and kind of had to separate herself from the situation but also to know her bedside manner was very you know it has to basically be very engaging because of cancer and the kind of things that go along with developing cancer and then having to get treatment for it so that was my most of my high school career and that's kind of up until I'd say junior year is whenever I really got interested in medicine and was planning on going to college for pre-med and going to medical school and oncology school and pursuing that career but then I flipped the switch of course and for I can't remember why but for one reason I really wanted to be a forensic technologist which if you know any crime shows they're like the csi is basically the show i guess the basis but i would you know during whenever i was a teenager i still wanted to be in medicine but i you know watched csi and that was i guess you could say it was one of my favorite shows but even though i never watched it religiously it was the kind where i was like oh this is really fun i like this drama and tv genre so i would say it must have been late junior year to early senior year totally flipped the switch and i wanted to become like a forensic technologist which is the person who there's a whole different array of roles that somebody could do in a crime scene such as you know taking pictures or analyzing the scene just from itself how like getting samples from the ground or fire tracks or you know getting evidence to analyze back in the lab there's just so many different things that a forensic technologist could do and so i was very interested in doing that i still am and i'm still considering going back to schooling for it but i'll get to that in a little bit so that was 
at the very end of school, I wanted to become a forensic technologist. I did the research on what to do. Not very good, as I'll come to find out. I later learned that in my same town in Edmond, there's the UCO School of Forensic Technology or Forensic Science, which is basically one of the top rated schools in the country for forensic science. And I ended up going to OU to study criminology, which is basically the social aspect of crime, which basically has nothing to do with forensic technology. But for some reason, I decided I like learning about crime and I guess people's reactions to crime or how they got into criminal activity interested me enough to want to learn about how people function and why they commit crime. So I spent three years getting a degree in sociology and criminology. In 2012, I would say, is the year where the quote, the acting bug struck. I was with my brother. We were living in an apartment together right outside of campus. And we went to go see the movie Silver Linings Playbook. And this was in December 2012. Whenever we were watching it, I can't remember the specific scene, but there was one scene with Jennifer Lawrence in there. And I believe it was the one where they're in the diner and she just kind of goes berserk and goes crazy. And at that, I can remember at that moment, I was, I thought to myself, like, this, you know, that would be an amazing thing to do just to not necessarily go crazy, but to, you know, be any, become anything you want it to be. I, w I was always in high school interested in musicals and plays, and I did a couple different school plays back in middle school and high school, but I never really kind of wanted the main role because I had too much stage fright. Uh, I still kind of do about stage plays because it's so live that if I mess up, everybody's going to know it. Instead of doing it on camera, you can do so many different takes on the one thing until you know you got it right and you can practice and practice. But with live stage play, you basically have to get it almost perfect every single time you do it or else it doesn't. It's not a very good play. I, I wouldn't say the acting bug was back then just because I thought it was a fun thing to do as a kid, but whenever... I watched Silver Linings Playbook, that was the moment where I decided, you know, I kind of want to do that for a living. I think it was the next semester I looked for an acting class at the university, and I got there, and it was probably my favorite class. One, At least the top three classes that I've ever had at college was an acting class, and it was, I made quite a few friends there, and I still talk to you today. I still really wanted to become an actor at that point so I, after the first year I didn't join any clubs all I did was go to class and go to my dorm or go to the apartment and I just didn't really do a whole lot of socializing on campus but one year I decided to go to this it was a student film production club so I didn't want to do like film appreciation or kind of like a film discussion I wanted to do more making films so I found this one club and I I really love this club. I love the people of the club and we're still really good friends today. So I went there one day and they were talking. I don't even know what they were talking about, but it was just a group of people who met and they were talking about what projects they've done. They did this one thing called the film blitz where in 24 hours you'd write film and edit one script with a couple different specifics that you need to have in the plot or 
in like a specific dialogue you needed to have a specific scene or a, not filter but a shot that you needed to have in it and it was oh, i missed the first couple of years because they are they were not a very popular club so we were always struggling to get members in and get dues paid which i was happy to pay a due whenever i first found out about it because i this was basically what i wanted to do i wanted to get friends with these people and i wanted to develop a relationship so that way we could all do these kind of creative things together so whenever I first went there, I was obviously nervous, so I never hung out with really anybody for a club-wise, and we really just kind of hit it off. I really liked the group. I decided to you know, go back every two weeks because it was a bi-weekly or every other week uh, club meeting, and eventually, my last year there, I became the treasurer of the club. And the treasurer is the one who handles the accounting information, basically, and plans events that have to deal with payment. Basically, in two years, the first year, I learned about him, and I joined them, and I made friends. And then the year after, I basically became one of the core members of the club, which was very exciting, but very kind of nerve-wracking as well, because it was kind of one of the first times I really had to plan some major events such as a weekend long trip to Austin for the Austin Film Festival which is a nationally recognized accredited kind of film festival which was very fun uh, I had to book the hotels I had to book all the traveling and get PL forms and all this kind of thing so it was very stressing but it was also very fun I should have done a lot more there because sometimes I just went to the hotel just to kind of relax and to chill out but otherwise, I, you know, had a bunch of fun with all my friends there. And we got to see Luke Wilson talk and live person. We saw the writer of Bell, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the 1990 animated film. She was the writer there. She was the writer of Maleficent. And we also saw the writer of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And there was just a whole bunch of people. It was basically like a huge networking event. We never really had anybody where we actually had to network I don't I at least I personally didn't but it was also it was like an awesome time that we had together the other thing I had to do with that club was I had to plan the we had a year-end film screening basically where we had students enter in their own films and we had decided to you know show them at you know like have a film screening like at Sundance or whatever and that was a lot of fun. I got to watch several different student films. Some were good, some were bad. Some of them were just kind of crazy. And we got to vote on which ones we wanted to do. And then we sent them into faculty for, so that they could give out, quote, awards. But it was a lot of fun. That was the last year I was at school. So I was kind of out with a bang that I did something really social. And then I was very good in my studies, I guess. I graduated a year early. It was for that thing, it was very fortunate for me that I became part of a group of people who had similar interests in me, such as, you know, filmmaking. And so still today, I really want to start doing more acting. And I constantly get these casting call emails that even though I'm working most of the time during them, I never have any time. That's still one of my kind of passions I still really want to do. And so now I'm here doing podcasting because I want to be able to put myself out there and hopefully something will happen and maybe this this will get 
popular, who knows, but it's one, just one of those things where you never know what happens, so might as well take a chance and do it. So, you know, if some person listens to me and says, hey, you know, I'll offer you a gig and voice acting if I like your voice and you're perfect for this type of character, then I'll say, oh, great, you know, that's easy for me to do. So hopefully anything will come out of it. So after college, right after I graduated college, I say probably during college at the very, whenever I was taking my end of the year capstone class, you know, kind of a wrap up course, I guess I decided I want to be a cop because I was, I was kind of tired of being in school. So I was thinking, you know, I don't really want to go school back to school for forensic technology. So what's the next best thing I could do with my criminology degree, which was basically become a cop. And I've been on several ride-alongs is what they're called you know where you go in with a police officer and you do basically one shift with them and I've done four or five ride-alongs is what I've actually done throughout uh, I would say the first one was in you know freshman year of college and probably about a year each since and I eventually entered at the police department which all I really did there was enter in pawn tickets which wasn't really a whole lot of interesting work it was kind of just busy work for us. So I guess I decided to be a cop. Now today, if you want to be a cop, I guess it's kind of a touchy subject for police work and the kind of all these different type of shootings that I'll probably get talked more in depth about in a later podcast. But this is way before, you know, all before this. It was in Albuquerque where I placed my application for the police testing and they accepted my application and they scheduled a weekend in June of last year for uh, the weekend testing for the first round. So I drove out there. It took about 12 hours for me to drive out there. I got there and the first thing we did was we did and kind of an interview process where there was probably 200 people, I would say, for the first day when they went through kind of a basic interview with one of the officers. And then once you were done, you were sent home. If you got there, I think it was around seven or eight. And then we were done basically by noon or one thirty. So I, I just went to the hotel and I, you know, there's not a whole lot of time to do anything quote fun. Cause you know, the next day was the athletic testing. So I wanted to either conserve energy or kind of do something to where I'll rest up for it. But even so, there was just not a whole lot of time. So I went to the grocery store and just bought groceries. And then I came back to the hotel room. And I just stayed there for the rest of the night. And then the next day, it was uh, the athletics. So it was the one and a half mile run that you had to do in about 12 minutes. Which, it's not hard. But coming from Oklahoma, you're going into a higher altitude. So it's going to be a lot harder. It was pretty hard for me, even though I wasn't in the best of shape. Still not in the best of shape, but now I'd probably do a lot better than back then. Even though I kind of trained for it, it was still a mile up, basically. So I was very winded at the end of it, but I passed it. And then the next test was a push-up and sit-up test where you had to do at least, I think it was a minimum of 14 to 20 push-ups. I can't remember. And the minimum for sit-ups were about... 15 to 30 it was kind of in that range you know you had if you gave up before time was out basically then you were sent away or if you didn't get as much in as they 
required in the minimum amount of time then you were sent away so luckily i made it it was kind of a almost not there on the push-ups but i made it through that round and then the next round was a 100 meter sprint and i think kind of how fast you could do it and i forget how quick i did mine probably 25 seconds i, I don't know if that's like long or short i don't remember the time all i know is that i almost passed out by the end of it because I was the first one in my line of people because they did it in different sections so this line of five people I was the first one through that line but I almost passed out it, but I passed so it was I think they were surprised because it was one of the faster ones I don't really remember I almost blacked out like I said so that was basically the last of the athletic testing so I was lucky enough to get through that and then the same day, probably a couple hours later, after they wanted you to, you know, clean, clean yourself and dress up, then it was like a testing, testing day where they took a basic police, you know, aptitude test. And I passed that one. I don't know about how much it didn't really say, but by this time it really dwindled down the people from about 200 or so to less than 75. So a lot of these people you know, were weeded out throughout the, the course of the first weekend. And then the third day came around. It was kind of the last day. And since I came from so far out of town, they decided to do the polygraph test the day, you know, right after the aptitude testing, just to kind of speed line my process. And I went there and I passed that one. I've taken a polygraph test before. It wasn't very hard. And, you know, it's always nerve wracking to be hooked up to a lie detector. So what are you, you know, what are you going to do about it? Just tell the truth. And so after that, I passed that. And about a week later, they called me and said, hey, we're excited that you passed this. We're, you know, then we have another weekend coming up so that we can do a second round of testing, which includes meeting the chief of police and meeting all the other officers and kind of having like a psychological testing type of, well, like a second type of, because there was a psychological test with the first round, but a psychological test for the second round as well, just to kind of make sure you're not really crazy. And after the first weekend, there was, whenever you get that, you know, that kind of feeling you get whenever something's not right, or if, you know, you just don't feel like you fit the job, even though you're, you know, you're passing most of the things that are required, you know, you just aren't kind of fit for that job, or there's just some nagging, in instinct that you have in your stomach where it's like I probably shouldn't continue with this so that's kind of what I said I said you know thank you for the opportunity very much but there's just I don't plan on continuing further with this application process uh, I guess it was a very good instinct because nowadays you know there's all these news stories about police shootings and all these other type of incidents with police violence and citizen violence against each other and it's almost like a war against each other with you know police against citizens and vice versa so i guess i was lucky enough to either not test into that or i was you know had that kind of premonition i guess i is the word for it to say you know i don't think i'm the correct fit for this job so i don't think i should take it so now i went back to liquor store and i've been there ever since i haven't done a whole lot more career searching. I wanted to be a nurse probably six months ago because I wanted to go back into medicine and I knew going into medical school probably wouldn't fit for me right now. 
And so I thought about nursing and I just never got around to deeply researching. I talked to a nursing friend. He he likes it a little bit, but it's one of those things. I have a couple nursing friends actually, but they, you know, it's kind of a hard work and you don't get paid as much as, you know, the amount of work you're putting in. So it kind of, I still kind of want to do it, but it's one of those things where it's more of in your head. You really want to do it. I wanted to be a firefighter recently, but you have to go through testing like with a cop. So I'm pretty sure I could do it, but you need to constantly be in shape for a firefighter because obviously you want somebody who's physically fit, who wants to save you than some old fat person who, you know, is running in to save you through a burning building or a crashed car or what name you. I know, I think I've talked about this before, but I've had several people tell me that, you know, that I'm a very good listener and I'm one of those people, I guess, that some strangers just come up or, you know, whenever you, I don't know if this is relatable, but if you sit on a park bench or when you just used to have a college all the time or I sat down outside of class waiting for class to start and I was sitting there and usually there might be some person who just come up and started talking to me and telling telling me what they're up to. And I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. Kind of paying attention most of the time, but then, you know, like I kind of want to be in my own space sort of deal. So, and sometimes they got really personal with me. Like they talked to me about somebody dying in their family or whatnot. And so I'm like, oh yeah, okay. That's, you know, that's sad. It's just, I guess it's one of those things that happens to me all the time where people just want to tell me things. There are those people who just are, they don't know when to say or when to stop saying too much. But I guess I'm one of those people who people like to talk too much to, if that makes sense. So I thought about being a counselor because, you know, might as well get paid for people to talk to me like that. But, you know, you have to get a master's degree in that or, no, you actually, you know, get licensing and whatnot. So it was kind of a lot more work than I originally thought, you know, would be a relatively easy kind of career, but it definitely is not easy, especially emotionally easy. And so here I am right now, I'm just working at a liquor store and now I'm doing a podcast. So it's kind of been a weird career roller coaster ride for me to where I wanted to be, you know, something archaic. Then I wanted to be something very grounded in modern medicine. And then if you haven't listened to the episode about alternative medicine that I did, that I'm now getting interested in, go and listen to the second episode. Um, it's kind of interesting how I switched from being more interested in modern medicine to becoming more natural and alternative medicine. I became interested in being a forensic technician and then a cop and then an actor and now a voice actor, I guess, is kind of more enjoyable, even though I'm getting new to podcasting. Maybe this will come into a career. Who knows? We'll just see. But um, if you guys have any kind of weird career stories, leave a comment down. If you liked listening to any of my stories, and if you want to know anything more, tweet me at What's Going Up Podcast, or leave a message on Facebook or on SoundCloud. Uh, give a rating if you guys like it. I'm, I'm kind of at that point where I have enough episodes to where you can listen in some and kind of get a feel for if you like it or not. So if you like it, go ahead and leave a review. See what you don't like, what you like. And tweet at me if you guys have any questions. If you want me to talk about anything that you guys are interested in. I'm always open to suggestions. So if you guys want to learn something more about me or just about the world, just let me know on 
like I said, Twitter and at What's Going Up Podcast or the What's Going Up Podcast on Facebook page. Everybody, just keep it up.